0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. What's the key to a quick and fun travel escape? Enjoy public art outside or outsider art inside and refresh your sense of history with awe-inspiring parks and museums. Vicksburg is the key to the South. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi state sports like nobody else with Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24 7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at TaylorConstructionEquipment.com or call 662 446 1048. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning.
1: This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Kokomo. Aruba, Jamaica,
2: ooh, I want to take you to Baruba Aruba, pretty mama. Great song.
1: Who knew that the Beach Boys were such a huge fan of Marion County? I didn't know. <laughs> but wherever you are, Kokomo. Country, yeah, in Kokomo. Let me see here. Right there on Highway ninety eight, uh, just west of uh, of Columbia.
2: When I think of the Beach Boys, I think <laughs> Steve Robertson and the good people <laughs> around Columbia.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I bet. I bet Steve loved to play the Beach Boys back in the day. I don't know about and Jonathan Abram. You know Jonathan Abram's a huge fan oh, yeah. of the Beach Boys.
1: Good Vibrations was actually written about the feeling you have after you take <laughs> a hit from Jonathan Abram over the middle.
2: Except for that guy he knocked out in the spring game.
1: Yeah, his own teammate. Yes. Who could forget? <laughs> Wherever you are in our great state, you can enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning. It's a it's just a click away. com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise you're looking for. Guys, we are just a few weeks away from the start of football season. I believe it's it's 30 days away today. That means you need a new game day polo for a new era of Mississippi State football. You need the state script. Match the team. So get your state script polo at College Corner. A lot of great choices there. Maroon, white. It's like it's like uh, on the Blues Brothers. we got both kinds. we got maroon and white. <laughs> so you're good to go Hit them up, two locations to serve you in the Jackson area They're in by Fleet Feet, Flower by the Half Shell Or you can shop online, collegecornerstore.com Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's flagship restaurant For lunch, for dinner, and for Sunday brunch That's the place to go Every occasion is a special occasion When you eat at Restaurant Tyler Especially when we're talking about dinner Great steaks, some of the best in Starkville Great uh, pasta Chicken, pork, just, just, it's all good. It's all good. And then for dessert, wrap it up with the best sweet treat in the city of Starkville, the stuffed pancake at Restaurant Tyler. Make your reservations or, you know, just show up. They'll seat you. They'll find a way. Get in there and enjoy a great meal at Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout central Mississippi. They are ready to serve you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the location nearest you. And when you open an account, you're doing something that's going to serve you and your family for a long time. There comes a point in everybody's life where they need to talk to the bank about a loan, be it for a home, small business, a car, whatever it is. Do you want to talk to the people you know or the people you don't know? And it's just that simple. With Priority One Bank, you're talking to the people you know, the people in your community. That's why I say it's just as important to bank locally as it is shopping and eating locally. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the location nearest you. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. It is a tradition each year here on Thunder and Lightning, going back to the days of the b show, the all-22 rankings, where my co-host and I, and Robbie is the third one, and the best one of them so far. Oh, But you never know. I could replace him just like that. But I won't. Uh, we we rank... We, we give you a projected depth chart. So what you could hear here is is that robbie and i don't agree on who may be the 22 starters offense and defense but then we also rank them based on our confidence of each player how confident we are in their ability to do their job i'm going to say this robbie for me i had to get i think 10 is the first guy where i was like okay i'm fairly confident here the first nine i was just like i believe in these guys I really yeah. and that's unusual. Normally I only have three or four of those guys. That tells you the depth and the experience that Mississippi State uh has this year. So we will now well, I think you, want- you have to ahead, you have to
2: think about it too. Like you're you're talking about the m- most important players for the team for success, right? hmm It's it's not, you know, to me, I didn't rank it who's the best players.
1: Mm-hmm. It's right.
2: who is the most important for Mississippi State so it's a you know it's kind of a it's kind of a different kind of deal
1: yeah so these are the guys that so when I rank them you know the guy I have number one is the guy I have complete faith in in his ability to do his job uh without question so let's just jump right into it Robbie who do you have as number 22? My number
2: 22, and remember, we might differ on some guys that are going to start, but I'm going with DeMonte Russell at defensive end. I think think he's going to get that job, at least that's where I'm leaning right now, Mm -hmm. just because we don't know what's going to happen with Jordan Davis. Is he healthy? I mean, he missed the spring. He's been hurt. Um, So DeMonte is probably my best bet there. Mm-hmm. And the reason I have him where I do is because I don't know if he's going to be that guy. I don't I don't know if he's going to be the guy that they line up for the most significant snaps at that position. So I do think that he's important. I think that position is important. I just am not 100% that he's going to be the starter for the entire season, for season opener or whatever. So that's that's why I went with him there.
1: All right. That's an interesting choice, and you could be—you could be very correct. So I just I, when I looked at it, I thought in just in terms of who I think is going to start game one and what's my confidence level in them. My last place guy. So when I did this, I was looking at you know I was like I got to twenty one and I was like who am I leaving off? You know I went through the defense. I was like all right, there's three defensive linemen, three linebackers, five defensive backs. Offense, there's five offensive linemen, quarterback, running back, three receivers. What am I? Oh, wait, there's a tight end at Mississippi State now. So Jaquarius <laughs> Spivey is who I have at number 22. I think he will be the starting tight end to start us out here. But this is a guy who, you know, he came in, did, didn't get to practice in the spring, has never really been a starting tight end anywhere he's ever been. You know, I got questions about him. And you know, I got questions about Rylan Goaty, too, to be, to be totally honest with you. Whoever I put there, I would have had questions about. And, you know, we haven't seen a tight end on this campus in three years. So, so you know, how's that going to work out for Mississippi State? That's the guy I have the most questions about of any is Jaquarius Spivey. That's my number 22. Who you got at 21, Robbie?
2: Uh, I went with Jaden Wally for 21. Ooh. I think he's going to start at that at that position. Mm. And again, reason why he is as far down as he is, because I think there's a lot of competition at that position. I think that. There's going to be whoever slides into that spot is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't have a whole lot of concerns about that position, but I think he is going to be your starter for game one unless something changes. Uh, so that's who I went with there.
1: All right. So at 21, um, I stayed on. I went to the defensive side of the ball with John Lewis. I, that's who I have at 21. I, I just you know haven't seen enough of him to be totally honest. I know the athleticism. I know what what kind of player he was in high school, but he has not made much of an impact in his first few years here at Mississippi State. And now they're going to ask him, you know, not only to start, but to replace a guy who, for, for for a good chunk of the season, was State's best defensive player outside of Emmanuel Forbes and Tyrus Wheat. That's a big, that's big shoes to fill. And we'll see if John Lewis can fill him. I think he has the pedigree to do it. We'll see if he can match that with the uh, production. I'll go ahead and go at number 20 here. Uh, and this is where Robbie and I are gonna have our first disagreement on who starts. Because this is where I have Freddie Roberson. I think he's gonna end up getting the nod over Jaden Wally uh er, early in the season. I, I just feel like you know they're bring they brought him in for a reason, even though he missed the spring. Um, he's a veteran guy that he's a grad transfer coming in. I, I just feel like he's gonna end up getting that other outside receiver spot. Um But I just have questions about him. He's only played at the FCS level. Yes, when he's played FBS teams, he's had quality performances, but can he do it in the SEC? I mean, I I think those are fair questions to ask.
2: Yeah, and I could totally see him starting. I just – until I see him play, I'm going to lean on Wally just because we've seen Wally now for three years. Mm -hmm. So we kind of know what to expect out of him. That's that's me being safe. I got you. Um, That's me being a wuss. My big wuss, Brian.
1: It's sorry. Yeah, well, it's true.
2: Um. So, uh, anyway, my turn.
1: Yeah, you. You. You're, we're on number twenty for you. Yeah.
2: Okay. I'm going with Stephen Lasoya a number twenty. Ooh, okay. I feel good about him. Um. Not overly concerned about that position. I don't think it's. I think state. If some. If he doesn't really perform well, I think somebody else can slide into that spot. I'm not worried about him, but I do think. I feel I feel as good about him as almost anybody else on that offensive line for Mississippi State. So you know I think that's I think he's set up for a good year, and we're going to look back I think and say this was a really good transfer from Mississippi State that nobody was talking about when he first came to to Starkville. He's got a chance to be a multi year starter and really be productive at his spot. So I, I'm going with him at number twenty.
1: Okay. I will let you know right off the bat here. I am higher on Steven Lasoya than you are. Um, at nineteen, oh, nice. you know this is one where I'm, I'm, I may be jumping out and onto a limb here. This is where I have Kamari Rogers. I think he ends up taking the other cornerback spot. I thought about this this morning. If Kamari Rogers had just committed to Mississippi State, I think he would already he would already be locked into the being a starter because he would yes. last year you would have seen enough of him and he'd be good to go. But because he went to Miami, there there's all this. But he's the most talented guy. You know, There's no question in my mind about that. As he was one of the top cornerbacks in the country coming out of high school uh, two seasons ago, I feel like he will end up beating out Esaias Furge. I think he and Richardson will start uh, out there on the islands uh, week one. But at 19, because I haven't seen him play, I, I've got to go with him there. But I do think he wins that job. So Rodgers is who I have at 19. Who do you have?
2: Uh 19, I've got Marcus Banks 19. at the safety spot, one of the safety spots. I think that um Banks could have a good year this year, moving positions. It might take him a little bit to get acquainted to that. But I think as a whole, you're you're adding more speed, more athleticism and all that to the to the safety position this year. I think they're gonna be faster. I think they're gonna be more athletic back there. And you know they've always had some hard hitters in the back end, but they've they've had guys that haven't been able to really cover. I think Marcus Banks is going to be one of those guys that you can put on an island. We've always talked about not putting those safeties on an island. You could probably put him on an island and feel okay. I feel like he can go out there and guard a, a really good receiver, a speedy guy, um, and make some plays for you. So I'm going with him at number 19.
1: I like that. Uh, you you'll see why in just a moment. Who do you have at 18?
2: I'm staying at the safety position. I'm going to go with Jacoby Albert. Okay, and I, he was not a guy that was starting in the spring, but I think by the end of the fall um, camp, that is, I think that he's going to be starting at safety. He's too talented. Yeah, I said it. I said you fall camp. I said it. So um, I'm, I'm going to go with him. I, I right. really, I really like his potential. Hasn't done a ton yet, but the again. You're adding more athleticism, more speed in the back end. I think this guy has a chance to be a another multi-year starter mm-hmm. and a good, really good pickup from Mississippi State out of Kentucky.
1: 18 is where I have Marcus Banks. Uh, I, you know, I saw enough of him last year to know that he's he's got the potential. Um, also, anybody that Nick Saban is willing to sign, I'm willing to take a chance on. Um, but you know, they're, they're, this will be his first go around as a, as a real starter. I think he'll be fine back there. I lo- I love moving corners to safety. Always makes me happy because I feel like corners are so, you know, they're they're picked as corners for a reason because they're that's how good they are in coverage. And coverage from the safety position was an issue for state last year. So having Marcus Banks there, I like that move. But I do want to see a lot more of him before I'll rank him any higher. What about seventeen? Where do you go?
2: I'm going John Lewis at 17. Okay. Um, just like you said, it's not a foregone conclusion that he's a starter, but I think this is a really important year for him. I think he needs to lock down that spot. Mm. Um, you need some some linebackers next year that you feel you are ready for, that you're excited about. Um, you're losing Nate Watson. You're losing Jet Johnson. You're losing Deshaun Page, J.P. Purvis, who's – fighting for this spot with John Lewis is gone. So a lot of depth and experience is gone. You need guys like John Lewis this year to really show you that they're ready to take over that leadership role and step in there. Probably, I'd venture to say the most athletic linebacker on this team, Mm -hmm. the most physically gifted linebacker on this team. Mm -hmm. I think he's that good. And it's all about, you know, staying healthy, putting it all together. This is his chance. So I'm going to go with him at the same spot.
1: All right. I'm going to break up a run on the defense here and go offense. This is where I have Cole Smith at 17. And I just can't get the images. Of, he struggled at center under in the air raid. He struggled there uh, in, in 2020. And they had to move him to guard. I thought he was a really good guard. I was surprised to see him make this move to center. Uh, so I want to see him su- succeed and thrive a little bit more in it. I'll rank him any higher, but but my 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 I If you ask me who the biggest question mark on the offense is for me, it's uh, you know outside of tight end, it's definitely the center position because I, I want to see Cole Smith do it because he he had some issues that first year uh, at the position. So that's who I've got. Seventeenth is Cole Smith, the center. Uh, at sixteen, this is where I have Demonte Russell. Um, I have been a, a fan of his since high school because I thought he was going to come in and be a a, a guy who could give MSU a, a pass rush threat, and that really hasn't developed yet. This is his last go-round at it. He's he's had some flashes here and there, a couple of big plays here and there, but he's never been able to put a consistent season together. Sometimes that money year gets guys going in the right direction, and, and I think Demonte Russell could be that guy this year. Who do you have at 16?
2: I've got my final safety, Sean Preston. Okay, I, I think he he's really shown... Uh, some people have been down on him during his career, but he's shown some major flashes over the years. And whether it be in the run game or you know, he's even had some good coverage plays. What we've we've talked about not putting him on an island, things like that. But mm-hmm. he's made some plays in the passing game. Um, I think that he's a he he can be a dynamic playmaker from a you know attacking standpoint. I, I think he's probably going to lay the lumber as well as anybody in the back end. So he I think he's gonna help you out uh, in the run game, but I also think this year he can help you out in the back end passing game as well. So I I think that he's set up for a big season, decided to come back for one more year, Mm -hmm. had a chance to go ahead and and graduate and and move on with his life, go play football, whatever he wanted to do, Mm -hmm. he decided to come back. And I, I think it's big to have him in the back end with guys that haven't either haven't played the position much or haven't gotten a ton of playing time in the SEC. I think yeah. he's he's huge to have this year because you lost so much experience.
1: 15 is where I have Sean Preston, so I've just got him one spot ahead of you. And I agree, you know, his experience uh, definitely works in his favor here. Big hitter, I like that at that position. Um, and we'll see, you know, when, when we've talked to Arnett, he's talked about Brock is going to be not less aggressive, but maybe a little bit less with the zero coverage, a little bit less with putting the safeties into those man. Not as emotional
2: as how as, not how as
1: emotional as how is how uh, Zach Arnett would describe it. So I think that puts Preston because Preston is not a guy who can go out there and cover, you know, the best wide receivers in the SEC, but he is a guy who can you can roam the middle, you know, and be a, a guy who who protects you back there. So fifteen is where I have Sean Preston. Where do you who do you have at fifteen?
2: I'm going with a size for Um, I differ with you at cornerback. I think that – I think that Furge is going to get the nod early in the season. Um, I think he's going to have the edge from an experience standpoint, and I think he's just going to grasp the defense a little bit better than Kamari Rodgers right off the bat. I do think by the end of the year, you could see that flip. I think Rodgers is the more talented player, probably right underneath the Cameron Richardson for the most talented cornerback on the roster – and eventually this year, I think he's going to be really good. But I think Furge is going to have his opportunity to show that he's the guy there. And I don't think that's a I don't think that's a bad thing. I think uh, just like Sean Preston, besides Furge has had a lot of negative comments about him, but I, thought, I saw some really good things from him during the spring. I think he's got a chance to have a good final season. So I'm going with Furge there at 15. I think you – the reason I have him in the top 15 is I think – You have to have somebody emerge uh, opposite DeCameron Richardson uh, to really step up for you at cornerback. Last year, DeCameron was the one that emerged when when everybody was looking for that second guy with with, uh, Emmanuel Forbes. So uh, Darcel McBath, since he's been here, has figured it out with his cornerbacks. He's had somebody step up. And as a freshman, it was – Emmanuel Forbes stepping up with Martin Emerson, and then it was um, DeCameron Richardson stepping up with Forbes. So this is a size of year, and he's going to have an opportunity. We'll see how that goes.
1: All right. Who do you have at, uh, at 14?
2: I'm going with Dollar Bill Ooh. at 14, Quatruvius right. Johnson. Mm-hmm.
1: And what position? A guy that
2: can play m- multiple positions for you. I'm going to go with him at guard. Okay. I think that – Um, and I'll explain more of that later. I have another position very high on this list. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that that he was able to lock down that left tackle spot, and I think he's a better guard, especially in this offense. So um, a versatile guy, uh, a veteran guy, another guy you need to step up this year and uh, solidify a spot on the offensive line going with Dollar Bill at 14. All
1: right, at 14 – that's where I have Jacoby Albert. Um, I just feel like I have a little bit more confidence in him. Uh, he's played in the SEC, played at Kentucky. I, I, you know, I'm a guy, when I think about players, especially coming out of the transfer portal, if you were recruited to play by Mark Stoops to play defense, I'm going to have a little faith in you. I mean, Mark Stoops is one of the best defensive coaches in the country, and Kentucky always plays good, hard-nosed defense. Uh, so I like Albert. I think he'll be one of those starting safeties, and I have I have a, a little bit of confidence in him back there. So that's who I'm going to go with it at, uh, at 14. Who do you have at, uh, at 13?
2: I went with Jacory or Spivey.
1: Okay. Um, wow. I think, wow. Big jump from me.
2: Well, and I, I'm, I am doing mine a little bit different than you. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the positions that are important for Mississippi State to have success. Mm-hmm. And if these players are at their best, this is where I would put them. Okay. Uh, Mississippi State had a good season. The, these players perform this way, so I put I put him at number thirteen because I think that this is a big year to kind of establish the tight end in this mm-hmm. offense. New right. offense, they're going to utilize the tight end heavily in this offense, and mm-hmm. that's why they're they've gone out and gotten two transfer portal guys, plus uh, Traore, who's I don't I mean we don't think that he's going to play this year, but. You went out and got one of those guys uh for that position, although I think they recruit him as a wide receiver. He's listening as tight end. Uh, but Spivey is, is big for Mississippi State this year to kind of establish that position, stabilize them there and kind of bridge the gra- the gap for next year. So I went with him at thirteen.
1: All right. At thirteen is where I have dollar bill. And I've got him at left tackle. I think that's where they're going to put him. I, I, you know, he was playing left tackle. I thought he was playing pretty well before he got hurt uh, a season ago. His frame—I mean, when you look at him and and Nick Jones, who is oh, I have on this list as left guard from a just a frame and a body perspective, Dollar Bill looks more like a tackle. He's taller, longer arms. Nick Jones is built more like an interior lineman. Now, I thought Nick Jones was outstanding a season ago at, at left tackle, surprisingly so to me. But I feel like that's where they're going to go with Dollar Bill. I just feel like he's a more natural tackle, but I have him at, uh, at 13 here. At 12 is where I have Steven Lasoya. I have him much higher than you did. I was really pleasantly surprised by him a season ago. As we just mentioned, when Dollar Bill got hurt, Lasoya was the guy they brought in to play left guard when they moved Jones down to tackle. I thought he was outstanding. I thought he played really, really well. And that's a guy I did not have a whole lot of expectations for coming out of the transfer portal from Middle Tennessee State. I thought he would just be a depth piece, a, a guy that you really couldn't count on. Instead, he turned into one of Mississippi State's better offensive linemen by the end of the season. I'm very high on him th- in this uh, this next year. So I've got him going uh, at number uh, 12. Who do you have at 12?
2: I've got Nathan Pickering at number 12. Okay. Um, he's been in and out of the program dealing with with things the last few years, hasn't been able to really stabilize himself um, in the defense. But every time he's in there, he's in the backfield, he's making plays. I just keep waiting for him to kind of explode. I mean, if you look at his his stats over the years, hasn't played a a ton of games um, every now and then, you know, but he'll have – he's averaging, like, you know, a sack every two games or something. So at defensive tackle, I think he's a difference maker and he can help Mississippi State's defensive line this year and also help bring along Calvin Dinkins. I don't know if you want to throw Calvin Dinkins in there this year Mm -hmm. as the guy at nose tackle.
1: Right.
2: But if Nathan Pickering can can kind of bring him along and you can split reps between those two, I think Mm -hmm. you have a legit nose tackle next year and Calvin Dinkins that can really – impact things so yeah. i think nathan pickering this year's big for him all
1: right at 11 is where i have justin robinson i saw enough i think last year to make me think he's going to be successful uh he's got the right frame he just looks like a, a competent sec wide receiver a guy who can play on the outside can be a red zone target but can also make big plays you know if after the catch i think he's got the total package i, I think he, he has a great opportunity to make MSU fans say rah-rah who. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that's going to happen because I think rah-rah Thomas would have been successful in this offense as well. But Robinson can be the guy who just who just replaces him and they're, they're, it could be pretty seamless for him. So I like I like Robinson a lot. I got him at 11. Who do you have there?
2: Uh, Cameron Jones is okay. at 11 for me. I think probably going to end up at right tackle, but might be right guard. Mm-hmm. A guy that can move, like like several of these guys in the line, he can move to different positions and help you. He can play left guard, right guard, right tackle. Uh, I think very versatile, very important part of Mississippi State's offensive line. And a, and a big reason why State's offensive line was kind of in flux in the spring, I think, is because Cam Jones was not in there. He's kind of a consistent guy for them and a guy that since he's been out there since – Really, since that first year in 2020 when he's, he went through some lumps, the last two years he's really been solid. And I think had he played in the spring, I think we'd be talking a lot more about him. Mm-hmm. But uh, kind of going under the radar, I think he has a chance to have a really good senior year and boost himself for the uh, NFL draft next year.
1: All right. Uh, who do you have at 10?
2: I went with Jet Johnson at 10. Wow, Um uh, well, the reason that I've got, and I Buki Watson is not super high either. I know what to expect from them. The the uh, again, I don't I feel like you're not listening to me, but I'm making this list out of like where, like, what do we what do we expect from these guys? They're really important. I know Jet Johnson and Dave Watson are going to be It's funny. One you of the feel that you're not listening SEC. to me?
1: That I'm not listening to you? Because when I said, "Hey, we're doing these rankings based on who you have the most confidence in." Obviously you didn't listen to me either.
2: I told you that I changed I, the, I changed you. my algorithm on this. The al- I changed I told- it. I changed the algorithm. I changed it all up.
1: Oh my god! I don't you, have to we're do doing it. two different to- shows here. All right. Continue. I don't
2: have to abide by your rules.
1: But continue.
2: Okay, so I went with Jet Johnson and I went with and and, and Bookie Watson is right in front of him.
1: Wow. So so nine ten for you is Johnson and and, and Watson yeah okay I,
2: I, again i changed it up i shouldn't have done that because we're we every time we do this we're off kilter and i feel like we're confusing people again
1: you're just you're just, you're just your own yeah, every man for himself i guess
2: i'm defiant
1: you're a rule breaker or maverick i hear you all right well but temp- yeah
2: jet i mean jet i do have comp conf- you know what should I just change my list up now? Should, I, should I change up the top ten? It's too late.
1: I, I'm, I'm well, I feel like I, I feel still-
2: like I flustered you now.
1: I, I well, you know, I mean, it's just another day on the show with you, man. I, I just, what? I just, I just take you where I just, I just go where you take me.
2: I I am very easygoing,
1: like Sunday morning. Anyway, ten is where <laughs> I have Pickering. Uh, I know the talent is there. I'm re- He's sort of like DeMonte Russell times five, right? Like, I want to see it. This is the guy that when he signed out of high school, I was like, that's the next guy. That's the next big-time defensive line in Mississippi State. I'll guarantee if we could go back to when he signed, nobody thought he would still be here in 2023. People would thought he would have been an early entry guy to the NFL, a first-round pick, and it just hasn't happened I'm ready to see it happen. I have faith in him. He's made enough plays that I can put him at 10. But I want to see big time potential from this guy. So, we'll mm-hmm. see. And then at 9, that's where I've got Cam Jones. I've got him at right tackle. Um, just been solid. Just been a solid football player for Mississippi State over the last few years. Uh, another guy, you know, you think about his recruitment, a last second guy, a guy that they they pulled in you know, at the last minute, I forget exactly where he was going to go, but it wasn't Mississippi State. State has an opening. They 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 pulled the trigger, they get him in the class. And he's been he's really- going to ULL. I think that's correct. Yeah. I'm you're right. Yeah. And so it's worked out well for Mississippi State and uh and and for Cam Jones. At eight, this is where I have Nick Jones. I like Nick Jones. I'm a big fan of his. I think moving him back inside to left guard is probably the best situation for him. Although he was really good at left tackle, and I feel good about him. If they put him at left tackle, I'm not going to have a whole lot of questions. I'm not going to have a whole lot of concerns. Uh, I just think he's just better suited to play in the interior. But uh, the fact that I have, you know, uh, in the top 13, I have three of state starting offensive linemen. I feel pretty good about that. Is that. Yeah, I have four. I'm sorry. there I have dollar bill. Yeah. So, you know, there have been years where I've had linemen down there in the 20s. So that's a good feeling for me to have uh, Nick Jones there at eight. Who do you have at eight?
2: I've got Justin Robinson at eight. Okay. <clears throat> um, I think that he's – I believe he's going to lock down that spot. I, there, there really was no question about it in the spring. And I don't think anything's really going to change – in the fall either you're looking for that guy on the outside that's going to be able to take the top off the defense, win those one on one battles for, you know, first downs, for touchdowns. I thought the I, I still continue to think that the bowl game was kind of his coming out party. That was his chance to show that he's the guy moving forward. He made some big time grabs in that game, made the game changing play on that fourth down in the red zone. Um, getting his foot in. So he's going to really be able to break through, I think, this year and, and be kind of a, a revelation for Mississippi State after they brought in a guy from Georgia that had all the potential but just hadn't proven it yet. This is his chance to, to prove it. Yeah. And it would be really crazy if Mississippi State got the Georgia wide receiver that ended up being more productive at Mississippi State than Rara Thomas was at Georgia. Yeah, that, that's going to be a nice storyline to follow.
1: Well, especially since I don't have any expectations for Rara Thomas at Georgia. I don't I don't see that working out there. So,
2: well, he's kind of is he's, he's kind of blending in now. He's not.
1: He's I don't not the know if he's one gonna guy. Stand out. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Uh, at seven. This is where I have Woody Marks. Love Woody Marks. i um, but can he be an every down guy? Can he be a guy who gets 15, 16, 17 carries a game? You know, I, I know that Kevon Lee and Simeon Price and, and Pittman and all those guys, they're going to get some carries here and there. But I think everybody wants Woody Marks to be the guy. You know, so can he hold that? Can he be that guy? I, you know, I don't have a whole lot of questions about production. I have questions about his ability to, you know, to to stay healthy and and be that guy for the whole season. But I like Woody Marks a lot. That's why I've got him at seven. Who do you have there? I've got Cole
2: Smith at seven. Wow. Um, Okay. One of my higher-rated offensive linemen. Yeah. But didn't play center the last couple years. Struggled with it in 2020. But the real interesting thing was, in the spring, he was the only guy that I felt like was locked into his spot. Mm -hmm. You know, other guys you felt good about, but they were moving around the offensive line – They never moved Cole Smith. Nobody else was really challenging him for that position. He was solid the whole spring. So it looks like he's set up for a really good year. Now, I would rank him even higher if I uh, felt that he could handle this situation 100% in a game, but we've seen him struggle with that before. So I still have that in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. But I still have faith in him this year. He he looked really good in the spring, so I, I feel yeah. like he's turned a corner.
1: All right. Who do you got at six?
2: Six, I've got Nick Jones. Okay. And Nick Jones, for me, is left tackle. Now, the reason okay. I say that is because the back end of the spring, they could not get either Percy Lewis or Dollar Bill to lock down that spot, and they yeah. had to rely on Nick Jones. And I just have a sneaky feeling that's good, that's what's going to happen. Because while Nick is probably not the most talented option at left tackle, he's the one that so far has proved more than anybody that he can play the position. And that's dating back to last year, the end of 2021, whenever he was playing in the ball game. Mm-hmm. He's just been really consistent. He's got good hands, not the biggest left tackle, out there, probably I would say one of the smaller ones in the SEC.
1: Definitely, from but he
2: just gets the yeah. job done. Yeah. I mean, I, I I just have faith that wherever he plays on the offensive line, he's going to be good. That's mm-hmm. just that's how I feel about Nick Jones now.
1: Six is where I have DeCamry and Richardson. Um, was not aware. I had I, you know, I saw somebody talking about it on twenty four seven. I think you and Paul Jones were talking about it. And I went and read a couple of articles about the, the amount of NFL draft hype DeCambrian is getting. It looks like he's just going to be the next guy. Already a projected third-round pick uh, in next year's NFL draft, which means with a, a fine season, he could easily get into the second and maybe even first-round uh, kind of possibilities. You know, he, you you focused so much a year ago on Forbes that you didn't really see DeCambrian Richardson, but I guess that's kind of the point, is that people weren't exactly picking on him either so like him out there at the cornerback position I think he does give MSU the opportunity to you know put somebody out there on the island and take away half the field but he's but now he's the guy that everybody's going to be targeting and looking at so we'll see how that that works out for him but I have him at six who do you have at five
2: I've got Woody Marks at five okay Um, I I have no doubt that Woody no matter what is going to do his job can he be a 25 20 to 25 carry, yeah.
1: 25, because geez.
2: Well, there's going to – not not every game, but there, mm-hmm. there's going to be a game where in this offense, he's going to have a 20, 25 carry game. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you think the way that they run the football?
1: Possibly, uh, yeah, Very possible.
2: So, I mean, and I know they're – I know they're, they, they got the depth, but I feel like there's going to be a game where they want to feed him. Can he take those licks? Because he's been, you know, in and out, banged up. He's been absolutely – just obliterated by other defenses since he's been here, gets up, keeps ticking and all that. But how is he going to – how is he going to do throughout a a whole season of getting popped like that? Yeah. Taking the ball in between the tackles, um, getting hit a good bit. He's going to have to be a big part of the uh, blocking scheme again. So I just want to see how he handles that. Can he be a thousand-yard rusher Mm -hmm. for Mississippi State? We'll see.
1: All right, uh, five, five is where I've got uh, Tulu Griffin, uh, and maybe I'm I'm doing that. Maybe I have him at five more because I know what he's going to bring to the return game, and let I mean I, I definitely know less about what he's going to bring to the passing game, but I just know that his athleticism and his speed it's going to translate into this offense, and I know that they're they are that he might very well be the focal point of this offense, even more so than Woody Marks they're going to try to get the ball into his hands as much as they possibly can because he's their best playmaker. So, you know, I know that when Tulu Griffin is on the field, other teams have to account for him. I know that when he gets the ball into his hands, he's a danger to to score. And I and I just I feel good about him moving inside. We talked about it so much last year uh to see it happening this year, it just it just feels like it's going to be a natural position and he'll really be successful there. So that's where I have him uh as fifth at four So where I have Jaden Crumity at this point, I mean my top four. I mean I have zero question marks about these guys. None. Uh, Crumity coming in, I I have voted him first team All SEC. I saw the difference that he made in this defense a season ago when he came in. He was just they 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 elevated their level of play. He's a veteran. Uh, I think I think he has a a really great opportunity to be the next defensive lineman from Mississippi State to, to head to the NFL and be successful there just a big man and a, a guy who, you know, is not going to be su- surprised by anything. He'll be one of the guys that when offensive coordinators look at Mississippi State, he'll be the first guy to say, okay, we got to account for him at all times. So Crumity is who I have at fourth. Who do you have there?
2: I have DeCameron Richardson at fourth. Okay. Uh, just I feel good about him. Uh, I think this is going to be the the same type of season that we've seen from the last three really good cornerbacks that Mississippi State's had. I think he's the next in line and might be the one of the most physically talented of all of them um, when you look at it. I mean, Emmanuel Forbes, it's hard to deny his athleticism, but he's a guy that when you talk, when you remember the draft, talked about how skinny he was and could he put on weight. Cameron Richardson is a solidly built kid that can run, that can hit got the athleticism, I think that, you know, he might be um, as talented as any of them. So I really I really feel like this could be a huge year for him, and I have a lot of faith that he's going to have a big season. I I have not doubted yet um, what he's going to be able to do this year. All
1: right. Three is where I've got Buki Watson, Um, in my opinion, one of the top linebackers in in the conference and in in the country, a guy that I, I just don't have a whole lot of questions about um very solid um just got to you know just got to keep doing what he's been doing for the past few years and Mississippi State will be perfectly fine uh with Buki Watson. Uh I got his running buddy a little higher up. We'll talk about him in a few minutes, but Buki Watson is a guy. I mean, w- not only for Mississippi State, but in the SEC, one of the most reliable players over the past couple of seasons. Who do you got third?
2: I got Tulu third. Okay. Uh, we know what he's going to do in the return game, so not concerned at all about that. You know when he's been given chances in, in the passing game, and they put him in good positions. He's made plays for him. I think the state's going to do that this year, so I have a lot of faith in him getting the job done this year. So he's definitely top three for me.
1: All right, who do you have second? Number two is
2: Will Rogers mm-hmm. for me, and the only reason he's not number one is. I just don't know what the results are going to be in this offense yet. I have a lot of faith in him running in offense. I have a lot of faith in him not screwing up. How good he can be remains to be seen, and it's the only reason he's not number one on my list.
1: Gotcha. I have Rodgers second as well. Not not for the same reasons that you do, though. I, I I have faith in his ability. Mine is more about who I have number one and my belief in their consistency. But I do think Rodgers is poised for a big season. I think he's poised to become the SEC's all-time leading passer and lead Mississippi State to another uh eight win plus season uh in twenty twenty-three. Number one, I guess I know who your guy is and you should know who mine is. Who who you got?
2: Jaden Crumity. Yeah. Number one for me. When when he's been in the ball game since his freshman year, he's been productive. And I always say it's not just the stats that show that. It's when you look at the film and you kind of watch what he does throughout a play, you see how good he is. I thought he changed the whole defense last year. To me, I have more faith in Jaden Crumedy this season than anybody else on the roster.
1: Yeah, for me, it's just Jet. It's Jet Johnson. I don't know that there's a more consistent player in the Southeastern Conference than Jet Johnson. I can feel like, barring injury, I can pencil him in for 100 tackles. And not have to worry about anything. You can go ahead and mark that down on your stat sheet. Um, he'll be there every play for you. You don't have anything to worry about with Jet Johnson. That's that's the guy I'm going to have number one on my list. So interesting the the way the different way we attacked it and and how the things and how there were a lot of similarities, but at the same time there were some big differences too. So
2: yeah, ne- maybe next year I'll listen to you more.
1: Yeah, you know, you're just like my kids. They don't listen. So. Anyway, let's move on into the rest of the show. Got a little bit left to do here. That's uh, brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. It is still grilling season. It's summer. It's time to fire up the grill, and when you're doing that, nothing beats the sizzle of beef. Steaks and burgers are always great, but briskets, tri-tips, picanhas, they've got it. Hit your, hit your up your local grocery stores, your local meat markets. Find the new cuts. Find something you've never tried before. It's going to be good when you're cooking beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. This football season, you know that Two Brothers is going to be the place you want to go when you are in Starkville to watch the Bulldogs. And, of course, don't forget, they are a Bulldog initiative business. So that means when you go to Two Brothers, you're supporting the Bulldogs. And don't forget, also, as we get closer to uh, the season, I'll get the information to you. But you'll want to reach out to Two Brothers, maybe do some catering for your tailgate. You'll have the best tailgate in the junction if you're catering with our good friends Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products and great service is what every business likes to promise us. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems, and they have for 48 years. It's a long time. They're still in their prime at Advantage Business Systems. They've got another 48 to go. No question about that. So if you need technology for your business, give them a call. If you need service, just call them back. They'll take care of it for you. They're your neighbor. They're going to treat you the way you expect to be treated. 601 362 9192 or visit them online. ABSMS.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. The Rogue and the collegiate collection at The Rogue is the selection of polos and pullovers you want to be putting on this college football season. If you haven't checked it out already, you are missing out. They've got state script. They've got maroon and white. They've got the top name brands, and they've got the service that comes with the Rogue. They've been doing business for so long down in Jackson. They are one of the best men's clothing stores in the state and in the southeast. You know you want to deal with them because they take care of their customers. Shop online at therogue.com or visit the Rogue in Jackson. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. we got an opponent preview to do. We've put it off until today. We had some Zoom issues yesterday, but... Let's get into it. One of the biggest games of the season. Maybe the biggest when you get right down to it. South Carolina, a huge road trip for the Bulldogs uh, in week four of the season. Before Robbie and I tell you about that game, let's hear from my handsome young son. I talked to Ben Portnoy, who covers the Gamecocks for the state, to get his thought thoughts on this massive East versus West game. We're coming down to the final days of the opponent preview series as we go back to front. Uh, we are into September now, week four. That means we're talking about South Carolina, maybe the biggest game on the schedule for Mississippi State and for South Carolina. Who else could talk to but my handsome young son from the state in Columbia, Ben Portnoy? Glad to have him back on with me. I'm going to start with a, a question that South Carolina fans aren't going li- to aren't going to like, but South Carolina might have the toughest September of anybody in college football. It goes North Carolina and then Furman, and no matter what Michael Borky thinks, South Carolina's probably going to win that game. And then at Georgia, Mississippi State, at Tennessee. What happens if one and four happens?
0: I mean, that's the scenario we've been playing in our head for like three months now of this thing could get out of hand really quickly. And, and it's not really necessarily a product that South Carolina's bad. It's just a brutal to the schedule you mentioned it that unc game week one in charlotte is a hell of a way to kick off the year and and it's going to be a really fun quarterback battle with drake may and spencer rattler but then you tie in the fact that you got to yeah you get the Furman reprieve but you got to go on the road to georgia you got to go on the road to tennessee who's going to be out for blood after last year and then a mississippi state game like you said that I mean, I think that's as crucial a game for South Carolina as any on the schedule. And I think that, you know, it cuts both ways for Mississippi State as well. And I think that, you know, it's one of those games that we could look up and the winner of that game ends up winning like eight or nine games. And it, it kind of comes down to that. I think that both these teams are really good, but it's also one of those games that both these teams really need to have.
1: South Carolina, obviously, just like everybody else, getting camp started up this week and starting to practice. Are there any questions that you have about that team that can be answered in camp?
0: I mean, I don't know if like you or I have any eligibility left and can still play running back for South Carolina, but that's, Ooh, the that's, one not, that the
1: right, that's not the right position for me, buddy. That's not the right <laughs> that's one. The,
0: that's the one that I have right now. I mean, the South Carolina team at running back really has a lot of question marks, and I think that's something that could hamstring this, this offense a little bit. And I think that I, I just – I have a lot of doubts about how good South Carolina can be offensively if they don't get running back figured out. Now, they've got some bodies – to carry on Joyner who's played seemingly every position on the offense at this point uh, may end up being the starting running back this year. Uh, Juju McDowell has played a lot, but is you know, five foot nine, 177 pounds. At least that's what he's listed at, whether that's actually real or not. You know, I I don't think that he can handle the beating and, and then you've got a couple other guys, you've got a four-star freshman and DJ Braswell who just got here this summer. And, and a guy in in uh, Mario Anderson who's transferring up from the D2 level who had a really, really good year last year, uh, was a finalist for the Harlan Hill Trophy, which is a, you know, the D2 Heisman. But at the same time, like there's just a lot of question marks. There's no proven name there. It may be a com- by-committee approach, which could be fine. It's just that if South Carolina can't run the football or can't find a way to mitigate the fact they can't run the football, that really limits what Spencer Rattler is going to be able to do in the passing game. And I think that's why I take – sort of a half step back from saying, okay, South Carolina is going to go out and win eight games again this year.
1: It's all going to come down. You know. You mentioned the running game and they can have the best backs in the world. They can have the best quarterback. Spencer Adler, I think, is, is very good. But if they're not good up front, it, it doesn't really matter. What is this team going to be like on the offensive line?
0: I mean the offensive lines a question mark too and it feels like this has been a question mark for South Carolina for like a decade now of what are they going to do on the offensive line and you know they've got some talent i will say that i think that not necessarily that there's addition by subtraction this year they lose some guys who are super experienced but i do think that they've got a guy in Rashawn Lee who's going to move over from guard to center i think that's maybe a little bit more natural he's probably the best pro prospect on this on this roster as far as uh, on the offensive line at least Uh, but then it's sort of an uncertainty, you know, you've got guys like Jalen Nichols is going to be your starting left tackle. He hurt his knee in the spring game and won't play this year. So South Carolina is going to figure out what they're going to do at tackle. They've got some other pieces and some other guys, but it's a lot of inexperience. Um, as far as just straight starters. Now, most of the guys that they are plugging in have played a lot of snaps have appeared in a lot of games. You know, you've got guys who have appeared in like 27, 28 games, how many of those they've actually been starters for and played significant snaps. You peel back the curtain a little bit and there's questions there, but I think there's some experience as far as just like game reps, but just not as far as being starters. And that's, that's where I have a lot of question marks about that front, that front right now.
1: Let's slip over to the other side of the ball defensively. Where is this team strong?
0: secondary is going to be really good again i think i think that you know people will gloss over and say okay they lost cam smith who was a borderline you know was a second round pick was a guy who was projected as a borderline first round pick darius rush was a fourth round pick at cornerback you lose two guys like that that's a tough thing to swallow they also bring back two guys who are freshman all-americans at safety and in, in dq smith and nicky Wari, and guys who I, I wouldn't be surprised if were actual all-americans this year especially even Wari. uh and then at corner uh Marcellus dials a guy that I think a lot of people will circle and, and will say, you know, okay, he's been picked on a lot. His numbers aren't great, but he's played a ton of snaps opposite Rush and Smith, and has been left on an island. And has been, and when you're playing in a secondary with those guys in the defense, he gets picked on a lot and has seen a lot of receivers and a lot of different guys. And I actually think he's got some star potential and and could end up being sort of a low-key NFL guy out of this team uh, this year. And I think he's got some talent and some upside. And is an older guy, too, played Juco ball before coming here and ha- has been sort of the number three corner for the last two years. Now, they've got to figure out what they're going to do at the second corner spot. There's some young guys that could fill in. Uh, uh, O'Donnell Fortune has been in the program for a long time and is now sort of expected to take that next step. He's a long, lanky guy and I think could could fit really well there. But Great name. We'll- O'Donnell it's a great one it's a, it's a good one sort of O'Donnell all-name.
1: fortune I mean it sounds like He should yeah. be a marvel bad guy
0: That's what I'm saying so, sign him up for the all name teams In the preseason yeah. and stuff. but he's a guy that I think Can have, take a step this year so There's some pieces there in the secondary that I think are Going to be you know you're replacing guys but I think that they're still going to be really really good And I, I will say like I think Torian Gray is one of the Best secondary coaches in the country and I Think he's proven that in two years at South Carolina And, and we'll see what happens But I, I think that secondary is going to be really really Good again
1: So taking what you know about South Carolina and taking what you know about Mississippi State, which may be a little less because there's so much change here at Mississippi State, where does the biggest advantage in this game lie for South Carolina, and where does the biggest disadvantage lie?
0: I think it's going to be in the trenches is the biggest disadvantage, at least for South Carolina. I mean, you look at Mississippi State and that defense, they're bringing back just about everyone. The front seven is going to be really good again. South Carolina may get pushed around a little bit in that one. And I think that that's, that's what I circle at least, you know, until South Carolina proves on the offensive line that they can figure things out and simplify and, and really get in a groove. Like they did down the stretch last year. I have a hard time believing that Mississippi state is not going to create some havoc there. Now that said on the defensive side, I think Will Rogers is in for a tough matchup. I mean, this is, a, like I said, this is a really good secondary and I will say South Carolina has got some issues on the defensive line that I haven't, that I haven't quite gotten to. And we could probably, you know, write a dissertation on at this point with as much as we've talked about it this off season. But, um, I, I do think that like, even despite the fact that the pass rush might not be great this year, I do think that the secondary is going to be really good. And I think they've got a potential to be able to shut down with what Mississippi state's going to want to do in the passing game. And I think that, uh, you know, those are kind of the two things that I would circle, at least in this matchup going into next, that week.
1: Mississippi State's first trip to Columbia since 2013. First time these two teams have played since 2016. And uh, like we said, it's such a huge game because of the way the schedule sets up for both teams. State with their the two best teams in the West sca- sandwiching this game. South Carolina with the two best teams in the East sandwiching this game. I have no idea how who made this schedule, but didn't like either team. I'll pu- I'll put it that way, so. Ben Portnoy, who you know, I'm just going to tease this. Might have some big news soon. Soon, we won't
0: talk about that. Maybe, maybe we'll We'll talk about soon.
1: Very good. Good to talk to you, buddy.
0: Appreciate you, man. Always fun. All
1: right, thanks to Ben for his time. Appreciate uh, getting the chance to talk to him. Robbie, is this the biggest game of the season for Mississippi State? Outside of the up there, you know,
2: it's up there because this is this is crossroads time for both teams. And you look at the schedule, they both line up um, incredibly, an incredibly interesting time frame for both schools with that three-week period or whatever it was. This is an important game for both teams. If you don't win this ball game, whoever loses is, is in trouble. So, um, you yeah, this is a big one. And this it's going to be really tough for Mississippi State. This is a... Very difficult place to play. Probably one of the most underrated places to play in the country. It's tough to win there. It's loud, great atmosphere. You don't go there very often. And it's a team that I think is, is getting better from a talent perspective. So it's, it's not going to be easy.
1: I mean, when you look at their schedule, and I asked Ben about this in the interview. I mean, they they have a they have a, it, it's, it's not good. I don't think it's going to happen, but they do have a chance to be a one and four September. It's just like Mississippi State has a chance to have a two and three September. Now, State I think could bounce back from two and three because I think the schedule gets a lot easier for them the rest of the way. And the same is true for South Carolina. They really have all their tough games right here in September. But one and four with all the hype that's around that team that is a that's a big deflator and would be very tough to overcome. So they they really need to get this win because I, I obviously don't think they're going to beat Georgia or Tennessee. And North Carolina is certainly no pushover. They have one of the best quarterbacks in college football, uh, and that game is at a neutral site, but it's in North Carolina. It's in Charlotte. I would expect a large uh, powder blue con- or tar heel blue, I guess I should say, uh, contingent there. And then, you know, with Rattler, Rattler is a quarterback that, like, you see the potential, right? You see some of the things that he does, and you're like, that's why this guy, people are saying he could be the number one overall pick. But then you watch sometimes, and you're just like, this guy isn't any good at all. He's so inconsistent. It's going to be a big task for Mississippi State secondary that day because they're going to try to challenge them. I, I think it's going to go over to the guys up front that we were just talking about, Crumity, Johnson, Watson, Russell, Pickering. They need to make life difficult. Uh, for Spencer Rattler, that's the key for me in this game for Mississippi State.
2: Agree, and, and who is you know who is Spencer Rattler? I, I don't I don't know what we're going to get. Yeah, was he did he turn a corner at the end of last year? Or was that just a fluke? Mm-hmm. That that's kind of my question here. But yeah, making him uncomfortable is, is the most important thing. I, you know, he's got all the talent in the world from an arm perspective. He's got a got a good arm.
1: Mm-hmm. And got mobility,
2: but yeah, keep keep him. I, I think keep him uncomfortable is the best um, opportunity in this game for Mississippi State, and and see what happens from there. I think if you force him into some mistakes, I think he'll be fine.
1: And interesting to talk, you know, when Ben talked about how he's he's concerned about the South Carolina running game. Man, if State can make them a one dimensional team and just really put it on Rattler's shoulders, he has not shown you in the past that he can win those games. You know, yeah, yeah, he beat Tennessee, and yeah, he beat Clemson. But the you know the 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 list of games he wasn't able to pull off is, is a lot longer. So, such an interesting game. Week four can't get here fast enough. It's, I'm I'm very interested. I don't think, I don't think South Carolina can beat George. I don't think that, but I do think Mississippi State they can beat LSU. They can do that. If State's three and O going in this game. I mean, what an absolutely huge game because then you're talking about if you win, you're 4 0 when Alabama comes to town. And that's, you know, something you got be difficult to, you know, to, 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 to focus on that. You know, you got to go one week at a time. That would be a test for Zach Arnett and his staff to keep that team focused and not looking ahead to, to Alabama. So I'm interested to see what happens against LSU and can, and does that go into the, to the South Carolina week? I'm very much looking forward to this, this football game. It should be a fantastic one. Uh, week four. Next week, we just mentioned it, the LSU Tigers. We'll talk about the Bayou Bengals and the defending SEC West champions uh, next week on the Opponent Preview. Guys, have a great weekend. Uh, As you're listening to this, Robbie and I might be out on on the practice field watching Mississippi State uh, kick off uh, preseason camp. Uh, We'll we'll talk about what we saw on uh, the Thunder and Lightning on Sunday, Uh, plus Sure, a lot more. I gotta imagine we'll be getting some baseball recruiting news at some point this week. I, I'd like to think that. We'll see. Uh, but like I said, we got plenty to talk about from the practice field. SEC preview next week is the Tennessee Volunteers. As I just mentioned, opponent preview, uh, LSU Tigers. And then uh, I guess I'll start sending out the ballots for the uh the 2023 media poll to we'll find out what the rest of the guys on this beat think of the Bulldogs. Have a great weekend, guys. We'll talk to you soon. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.